Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We are in Acts 13th chapter. And if you remember from the previous episode, we saw where uh, Barnabas and Saul, now called Paul, uh, were speaking with a proconsul. Not only a proconsul, but with a magician, Elymas, I believe was his name. And uh, Elymas experienced blindness because Saul said, hey, you know, you are full of deceit, you're full of fraud, you're a son of the devil, you're the enemy of righteousness, and you know what? You haven't quit making crooked the straight ways of the Lord because of this. The hand of the Lord is going to be upon you, and you're not going to see the sun for a time. I was hoping that. Sun for a time. So apparently his vision would come back. Well, he was struck blind instantly, and we saw that the proconsul believed when he saw what had happened being amazed at the teaching of the Lord. So he believed when he saw, he believed when he heard, okay? He'd already heard, <coughs> they'd already shared the good news because Elymas was coming against them, right? But now when he saw the power, he believed. And I think there's a principle there for us, okay? You know, too often we just want to proclaim, we just want to say things and say things, and yet there's no power behind it. Power and however that happens to manifest itself, Power in a changed life, power in a transformed life, a different life. Too often we sit there, I hear it all the time, folks. People who profess to be believers, you know, I think they truly are believers. And they'll sit there, but then they'll say, yeah, I believe, I believe God has changed me. The next, the next breath they'll say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know, I'm just a sinner. I sin all the time. You know, what are you really saying there? What are you really communicating? <laughs> What's really going on? A lot of things. Maybe you're not saved. Maybe you are saved, but you don't know who you are in the Lord, and you're satisfied with just succumbing to that which you don't have to succumb to. Again, if you're truly saved, you're a holy one. You're a saint. And people say, well, yeah, but I sin. Yeah, why do you sin? Because you choose to. You sin because you choose to. You don't sin because you have to. You sin because you choose to. Not because by your nature that you're a sinner, and that's what you do. It's an entirely different thing. So anyway, let's press on. This next part of Acts 13 is great. I thought we might cover it all in one episode, but I can already tell it's not going to happen. Because the balance of this chapter right here uh, is really a, a proclamation by Paul. So let's just get and see what the what's going on. Acts 13, verse 14 says this. But going on... Uh, from per well, let me back up. Uh, Acts 13 13, not 14, 13 13. Now, Paul and his companions put out to sea from Paphos, that's where they had been there with the proconsul. So they set out from sea from there and they come to Perga and Pamphylia. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. So, this is John Mark. Now, it's really important to pay attention to these phrases, okay? <laughs> because sometimes we, we sort of treat them as throwaway things, but no. 
it's worth your time to actually look up these little cities right here. And if you do it on a computer, you can just click a button normally and see what it is, and you learn a lot, okay? What I want to point out to us today here is that John Mark left them, and he returned to Jerusalem. Now, remember, Barnabas and Saul had picked up John Mark, and he'd left with them and gone to Antioch. They spent some time there. They wind up getting sent out by the body of Christ there, and he goes with them. Well, now he's returning home. It's no big deal, right? We're going to find out shortly that Paul was mad about this. He was offended about this. It actually led to uh, the first church split. We'll see that later on in the 15th chapter, I believe, of Acts. So John leaves. Now, Acts 13, 14. But going from Perga, they arrived at Pisidian Antioch. And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. So it's just a little uh, a chronology here, a little sequence. They were going from town to town. They wind up at Pisidian Antioch. That's a different Antioch. You say, well, that's sort of weird. Well, no, not really. I can name you probably four or five cities right now. They're named Decatur or they're named Athens. They're named Rome. Okay. I live in the deep south of Alabama. <laughs> Okay, and uh, I have been to Athens. I have been to Rome, okay, uh, but none of them in Europe. <laughs> They're all in Alabama. I've been to Florence, okay, Alabama. So anyway, they arrive, and what do they do? They go to the synagogue, and they sit down. It's a day to worship. Verse 15, after the reading of the law and the prophets, the synagogue's officials sent to them, saying, brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say it. I tell you, folks, this right here is this is profound. Okay, this is uh, insight into what their pattern and practice of worship was. They read from the law. Okay, that's the first five books of the Old Testament. They read from the prophets. Okay, that's the prophets of the Old Testament, uh, plus some other things. You know, actually, some of the writings, uh, some of the poetry, the Psalms were written by some of the prophets. Moses was considered to be a prophet. David was considered to be a prophet. And so they would read the Scripture. And, you know, even in the New Testament, we are told to do the same thing, to give heed to the public reading of the Word. I'm here to tell you right now, we do not do that. We do not do that near enough. Generally speaking, the public reading of the Word is given as a pretext and a pretense a lot of times for what's about to be said. Rarer and rarer is the time where the speaking part is actually exposition of the Word, an examination of the Word, an exhortation, a word of exhortation from the Word. So they had read the law, they had read the prophet, and they knew that there were some visitors here. And they likely knew they were from Jerusalem. It, they may have even known who they were, okay? May have known Saul Paul and his credentials. None of this is mentioned at the time, okay? But they may have known who he was, what he was, etc. And so they opened the floor up and say, hey, if you have any word of exhortation, then bring it. And, you know, nowadays, can you imagine that taking place in your portion of the body of Christ? I have been in churches where we did exactly that. Okay, where people were free. And you say, well, how, how can you do that? Wouldn't you? Aren't you? You know, you're supposed to lead. You got to know what somebody's going to say, et cetera, et cetera. Really? Really? Do you trust the most high God or not? You know, do you trust the spirit or not? Or do you really think that you're the one in control? Dear leader of the church. <laughs> 
You know, that's that's the attitude that we think that we are in control of everything, that we really get very nervous when this kind of thing happens. But this is where the Spirit of the Lord really moves. I, I really believe that we do tremendous detriment to the church because we do not do what we see in the Word of God when it comes to corporate worship. We think we do, but we don't. We simply don't. If you just sit there and examine, just observe, just look, you see that we don't. And yet when we do, the power of God moves. Now, watch what Acts 13, 16. So, Paul stood up, and motioning with his hands, he says this, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. And then he starts. And he goes for about another 20 verses. <laughs> okay? Yeah, I was a fool to think I was even going to get into this, right? Just think about this, though. He stands up. Okay, he accepts the invitation. You know, the synagogue officials, they said, hey, stand up, share a word. Paul stood up, stands up, and he motions with his hand. What is that all about? And he proclaims, men of Israel, and you who fear God. Listen, there were Jewish people there, men of Israel, Jewish men, and you who fear God, there were Gentile believers there, proselytes, Okay? They're God-fearers is what they're called. It's a Greek person who fears the God of the Jews, who knows that that's the true God. Paul addresses both of them. He does it in a bit of drama here. Motion his hand from the point of view of greeting, of opening himself up, saying, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. <laughs> Wait till you hear what he says. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you next episode. Goodbye.